0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Mid-Season Matters podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Harris, and this is your mid-season report on all things football in Wales. We've got the Euros to look forward to, an exciting cup draw for the under-21s, and all that's going on in the JD Cymru Premier. So, without further ado, let me introduce you to my two esteemed colleagues here today. Firstly, we have the man in the know on Welsh domestic football, the dulcet tones of Jordan Jones, founder of footballing website The Club El Droid. And last but never least, we have carried off spirit in Cardiff. It's Met Deed's Irish touch, Richard Early. So, how are we doing, gentlemen? Doing well, thank you, Ethan. That's good to hear, good to hear. How about you, Richard? You are doing well there?
1: Yeah, all good. Thanks for having me on here, Ethan.
0: That's all right. We're excited to talk about some Welsh football today.
1: Yeah, massively.
0: So, firstly, we go to the national side. And with Euro 2020 hopeful of kicking off in June this year, Wales will be hopeful of a tournament reminiscent of their semi-final journey five years ago. Wales will be taking on Turkey, Italy and Switzerland in Group A, with their first game being against the Swiss on the 12th of June in Baku. How do you think Wales are going to fare in this group, Richard?
1: I'd i be surprised if they weren't going to try and try and win the whole group because they've got the squad capable, especially with the likes of Gareth Bale. So yeah, I, th- I think at least the main challenge there, but if they can overcome them, then why not win the group?
0: Well, Jordan, do you think it's going to be plain sailing to the group stages or is it going to be a bit more of a tough challenge?
2: If you look at the teams, for example, it's going to be a tough, tough ask to get out of the group stages, but I believe in some cases you can um, get out of the group by finishing third and that may be how Wales get out of there. That's not um, downplay on Wales' chances of progressing because they all know how to get to a, a semi-final of the European Championship. But you look at someone like Italy, who were just so unbeaten under Mancini in a lot of games, so it just shows that what we're up against.
0: Who do you think perhaps will be uh, really fighting for with that, that second-place finish?
2: I think Switzerland um, are a good side. So that, that, they're the team that I think that are kind of similar to Wales. No one that really stands out as a player. Um, but a good team unit.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, one of the main talking areas will be just who makes it into the playing squad at all, as a number of young names and potential debutantes have been firing their name into the spotlight in recent weeks. So, Jordan, who do you have your eye on as making a push for a place in Wales' 23-man squad?
2: I think the name on everyone's lips at the moment is Plymouth's Luke Jeffcott. Um he is on form at the moment in League One for Plymouth. He's won by a lot of managers and it just shows that um, we there's a lot of talent on the conveyor belt and Wales have always needed a prolific goal-scoring forward and this could be the forward that we've all been crying out for.
0: Well, another one of the forwards that's been pushing his name into the spotlight for quite a long time now is Hibernian's Christian Deutsch. Richard is a striker who plays in the SPL and... and you know, a league that you keep your particular eye on. What do you think of Christian?
1: Yeah, I think he's a ter- terrific footballer and he's been really pushing for a spot for a couple of seasons now. He's got 26 goals from 57 starts for Hibs um, and he knows how to score in the big games against the likes of Rangers and Hearts. Um, he's, a, he's a big forward, he's six foot one, but th- this season he's been lacking a little bit. He's made 30 appearances and only got seven goals, so... I think he'll need to improve a little bit more if he's to push for a, a spot in that squad.
0: Well, with Wales' main forward option likely to be Kiefer or all things staying healthy for the tournament, do you think one of these two might make a late call up perhaps to the side for attacking variety?
1: Yeah, I th- I think so, definitely. I think, as Jordan mentioned, Luke Jeff caught 15 goals and 25 appearances for Plymouth. I know it's league one, but that's incredible for a forward. I think one of them definitely will make the squad.
0: Jordan, with that being said, you know neither of these players so far have been included in any of Ryan Giggs' squad. Do you think perhaps now it's a bit too late with the Euros only being held in June? Do you think they might not be able to get a chance so uh, so late on?
2: I think it's more of the case of Christian Deutsch. Um, last year, Ryan Giggs revealed that Deutsch was of in his plans and he may have had a look at him at the friendlies last year um, but it's, it's just for some reason it's just not happened for Christian and it's a bit of a shame because from a Welsh domestic standpoint you always want to see those journeys being made into the national team and we have seen some stories made but I think Christian Deutsch was playing competitive football in August whereas there was a late start of a season um, for a lot of forwards yet Doidge was still cast aside and he wasn't called up to the squad and his manager Jack Ross has spoken about how disappointed he felt. But I think for Luke Jeffcott, he can kind of like force his way into the team. Obviously, probably the reason why Doidge isn't in the squad is because of the return to Hal Robson-Carno and obviously when you're Hal robson with the Welsh hero that you are, um, and you're playing in the Premier League for West Brom, you probably get a call-up over anyone because of who you're playing for, really.
0: Well, that's an interesting point you make there, Jordan, with the return of Hal Robson khanu as it may be. Do you think it's a bit of an interesting choice for him to come back and instantly may be sort of reinstated back into the cod straight away, or do you think his time should have
2: come by now? Well, I think he whatever he does for Wales yeah. now will always remember what he did in the year in Euro twenty sixteen. But it it does kind of stop players like Deutsch, I know Deutsch isn't this young player or so, but um, people do want to see alternative options. We know what Al robson Carney can offer, but I think it's more of a case of just looking at that experienced head because this squad is young and it does have a young set of players. So calling up Al robson Carney perhaps he, he can give that advice of playing in a major tournament for Wales and impressing for Wales. But... If you make yourself available, and it was down to personal reasons as well that why he had to exile himself for a bit. So you have to give him some slack because he he feels in a better position now um, and now he's able to commit to Wales. Mm.
0: Well, one of the questions that might be on Geeks' mind as well is just what to do with Ethan Ampadu. So the 20-year-old currently on loan at Sheffield United has spent the majority of the season filling in at centre-back for Chris Wilder's side. Plays a pivotal role in Giggs' midfield on national duty. So, gentlemen, where do you see Ampadu best slotting in for Wales?
1: I think it was yeah, it was only last night he was playing centre half for Sheffield United and they beat Manchester United two one. Um, so I, I think if if he's comfortable playing there, which he seems to be at centre half, then why not get him in there alongside um, Rudin, two Premier League centre halves, and if he can play centre half in the Premier League, he can play centre half anywhere.
0: Jordan, what about you? Where do you see Ampadu's best role for Wales?
2: Oh, this is a massive conundrum for me, Um, just just looking at Wales' options. So I think Joe Roden's got to be Wales' starting centre-back because he's playing well for Spurs and he's got the potential to be big. Um, But it's, it's just an interesting one because Wales have Joe Allen as a holding midfielder, They've got a few holding midfielders now as well, and you've got to account for Ramsey as well. For me, I feel currently his best position is as a defensive midfielder. I just think as a centre-back, he he's just a bit inexperienced, but when he played for Wales as centre-back in the last international period, he did a really good job. For me, I'd like to see him as a defensive midfielder, but I do know that that perhaps stops... Ramsey and Allen playing together in a holding role because then you've got to think well do you want to see Ramsey in the 10 or do you want to see him as a holding midfielder to accommodate for example Bale um in the 10 role or Brooks in the 10 role so, so it Ampadu's position affects everyone because you don't know what to do well that is one of the the main conundrums
0: for Ampadu is just where is he going to play there there's so many midfield options for Ryan Giggs to utilize right now and Ampadu has definitely got to be Around that starting 11, because of just how good he is when he does play for Wales. And I suppose the question is where does Ryan Giggs slot him in? And that's what we're going to have to find out when it comes to Roman Baku. Well, speaking of retired centre backs, Ashley Williams recently brought down the final curtain on his era at the heart of defence, fully retiring from the game. Who do you see as the ideal centre back pairing playing alongside Roden then in Roman Baku?
2: I'd say for me it's, it's Chris Mappham. Chris Meppen is a commanding centre-back And he was playing in the Premier League Last season with Bournemouth And he, he's still playing well for Bournemouth In the Championship And he's one of those players that just Is an assured figure for me Perhaps he's a bit similar to Roden But I, my heart goes out to Tom Lockyer Because he did well in the qualifying stage And he's had a good run um, in regards to keeping clean sheets and stuff like that. So it's just great to talk about Wales having depth in a lot of positions because we, we didn't usually have that in the years gone by. We'd have to call up players who were playing at a lower level um, and now we're t- calling up players who are playing at a higher level and they're playing regularly for their clubs.
0: Well, that is one of the the brilliant things to see for Wales these days is there is a lot of depth and youth in the right positions. where well, we perhaps might have lacked that. You are right there. But what do you think, Richard? There's not much not much love from Jordan for Ben Cabango, potentially, who's you know playing at Swansea and has made a few appearances in the Wales team already. What do you think about his
1: chances? I think he's got a really good chance. He's been playing really well for Swansea. He's only 20, but so's um, Ethan Amperdy. And he's, he's scored three goals this season for Swansea. From twenty-one appearances, so he's clearly making an impact. And if he can step up in the championship, then and he can continue that sort of form, then why not be, be pushing for a starting position?
0: Well, that is one of the uh, the dilemmas for Ryan Giggs' side: is where do we play everyone? Because not everyone can make. There's only eleven players on the pitch, and that's going to be the difficult thing for Giggs to decide upon. But it, you are right; you know, Cabango is making a very good amount of headway in the championship for Swansea this season.
1: So the 11 players? You can choose, but I'm I'm sure Ben Cabango, if he's already in a starting position for Swansea, then surely he's determined enough to push on as well. He's from Landaff, north in Cardiff, actually. So, uh, yeah, fair play to him for moving down to Swansea. I'm sure he'll be pushing for a place in Rangigs' team.
0: Well, you know, Cabango spent the 2018-19 season plying his trade in the Cymru Premier for the New Saints, and he's not the only one to make the leap from Cymru Prem to Cymru team. And here's Jordan with more on the players to go from the Welsh domestic game to Wales debutants.
2: So, thank you, Ethan, for that introduction. So, we're looking at some of these players now who have played for the Welsh national team but have also come from the Cymru Premier. So, one of the last players to have directly been called to the Welsh national team whilst playing in the Welsh system is Gary Lloyd. Now, Gary Lloyd is a legend of Barystown United and Clenefley, so he won numerous titles at Jenna Park with Barry, that that team that was full-time and there was a great era for Barrytown. He was directly in the squad, but unfortunately he didn't play. Steve Evans, a legend at Parkour for the New Saints, so he wasn't in the Welsh system at the time when he was called up to the Welsh National Team, but he was playing for Wrexham, and he played against New Zealand at the racecourse ground, and He was a sturdy centre-back, he was a reliable centre-back and he went on to play for a number of clubs in the coming premier like TNS's rivals Connors Key. He was a great player. Ryan Hedges is another one. So he wasn't playing in the coming premier at the time uh, his team now Flint, His team back then, Flinttown United, are now in the Cymru Premier. But he's now tearing it up for Aberdeen, and he's perhaps a player that we missed out and perhaps should be in the squad. Is Ryan just because he's playing so well in the Scottish Premiership this season. And he's he's been in Wales squads before, so he played at the Racecourse Ground against Trinidad and Tobago just a few years ago. Obviously, we've touched upon Ben Gabango, which is a great story. For me, imagine that playing in the Champions League as an 18, 19-year-old for TNS and then 18 months later you're playing for Wales, you're playing in a competitive environment for Wales. It it just shows that the league can be this platform for people because people sometimes question the Cymru Premier and and its purpose, what what does it offer, but I think it's it's a great place for young players to start their careers and then it, it goes on to propel themselves to, to bigger and better things and there's a few players that are playing in the Camry Premier now that could play in the Welsh national team and just the last one on the top of my head is is Tom Bradshaw so he used to play for Aberystwyth Town now he's playing for Millwall in the Championship perhaps it hasn't worked out for him in regards to a Wales career but before Euro 2016 he was making a few friendly appearances But unfortunately he picked up an injury and missed out on the tournament altogether and he just hasn't been able to force his way into the team.
0: Now, Jordan, an interesting point off of the back of that is that with Wales having a little bit of an injury crisis at the goalkeeper position, your suggestion uh, a few months ago now on a club Pod droid was to bring in one of the Cumberland Premier goalkeepers just to revive a sort of old tradition in that regard. Do you think that is something that should be looked at by Ryan Giggs at the moment?
2: I think at the moment, the keep the situations getting a bit better. My suggestion was more, I, don't, I suggested Alex Ramsey, was playing for Balor, and he, he's not a young goalkeeper, so it's not one of those things. Where I, I suggested that like he should go there and have the experience, for example, because he's kept the most clean sheets in the Henry Premier at the time. So why not call up someone who was performing well at the time? Because the other goalkeeping options weren't playing. They were injured or they were playing at a lower level. So um, it's, it's something to look at and obviously I'm going to be a realist and know that it's going to be very hard for a Camry Premier player right now to get into the Welsh senior team because it's just so much quality. We've got players that are playing for Juventus, players that were unknown from Real Madrid, for example, Bale and Ramsey. It's going to be hard to force their way into the team. Um, but it would be nice to see younger players play for the younger age groups because we st- we still need a bit of representation in the younger groups. And we did have a few players in the under-21s on loan from Cardiff City, but at Town, and that's what I'd like to see. I think the league's there for development. Well, thank you for that,
0: Jordan. Now we move on to Paul Bowden's under-21 squad, who later on today will discover who they will be facing in the 2023 European Under-21 Championship qualifiers. Now, with Wales in pot four and their opponents on the road to Georgia and Romania yet to be determined, there is real excitement ahead of June and July 2023. Now, Richard, should Wales be optimistic going into this one?
1: I think they definitely should. I think it's just a case of which players are going to be available for the under-21s come 2023, because even 19-year-olds now probably won't be able to make that squad. Um, So I think we're really looking towards 17, 18-year-olds. Who are there, and i I think in in the under nineteens at the minute and any the under seventeens there's plenty there's plenty of talent there, so I think they should definitely be optimistic ne never mind who who they get
0: There will be some talented Welsh youngsters in that squad too, but it will be a different looking side compared to recent years with many familiar faces pushing on into to the senior squad. Paul Bowden instead will look at the aforementioned Jeff Cotton, Terry Taylor at Wolves and Morgan Boys at Liverpool, potentially filling the gaps left by regulars Regan Poole and Nathan Broadhead who both had 40 caps between them at under-21 level. Now, gentlemen, are you excited by the next crop of players coming into the under-21 frame?
2: Most definitely. Um, and like I said, there, there's some there's some players in the Camry Premier who should be knocking in that squad. You've got to look at like the Jack Wilson and Danny Williams, for example, but Yes, some of these players that have been playing for their academy sides and have actually experienced senior football by going out on loan um, is only going to benefit the the team. And a lot of people have called for the likes of Matondo and Woodburn because obviously they were in the Wales Under-21 squad previously as well. So it may be a case that playing for that team... um, if you're not getting minutes in the senior national team, you may have to drop into the under-21s and help them out, be an experienced figure to them as well. So it shows that the future's bright for Wales, I think. It's it's just about getting results now. Sometimes there's that debate whether it is about success at a younger level, especially at club level, because you're trying to develop players constantly. But I'd like to see a bit more success now from this team as well, because... we go back a decade ago. Wales almost qualified for the tournament, and Brian Flynn and they went out in very, very controversial um, circumstances, where I believe they they lost on head to head against Italy. So they finished top of the group, but they really, on regards to goal difference, but didn't go through because of that loss to Italy.
0: What about you, Richard? You know, as someone. Not from Wales, perhaps looking at the, the current squad that, that will be coming through. What do you think of the under-21s' chances and the next group of players coming through?
1: I think it's very exciting. I think going back to earlier, we were talking about Cabango and Ampadu who are only 20 so and they're in the senior team. So there's a lot of young talent already pushing, pushing to the senior team for Wales um, and there's plenty more to come through. You only have to look at the likes of Mark Harris making a mark in the championship, tw- tw- um, twenty-two year old, and there's a few few other players from Cardiff City's academy here, really knocking on on the first team door as well. Here, quite young, um, and it's not it's not just them. It's, it's there's just so much young, young talent. Um, Jordan was mentioning Sam Bowen earlier, um, who was at Barry. He's a joint top under nineteen, um, cap holder along with Morgan Boys of 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 Liverpool. So I I think the future is definitely bright for Wales. Um there's players sort of going out from the senior um camp like like Ashley Williams. Um but there's plenty of players stepping up um from the youth ranks as well.
0: Indeed there is and it's exactly what we want to see. But moving swiftly on now to the Cymru Premier itself and the Welsh domestic game, and there is no better man to discuss what's going on there than Jordan Jones. So what is the current state of things in the Welsh game, Jordan?
2: So at the moment, the league is suspended due to Wales being in level four restrictions imposed by the Welsh government. So where elite status was revoked in December, there was A belief at the start of it that they would be allowed to be continued because it was previously discussed but obviously the situation of the coronavirus pandemic is ever changing so at the moment there is no football Welsh domestic football being played in Wales unfortunately but the situation looks to be improving with coronavirus cases going down so it seems that if Wales's restrictions get lowered to level three, then we may see a return of the Cymru Premier, or there may be some time where we can see a return, hopefully in March, I believe that's the date that's being banded around. Obviously, these players wouldn't have played since December, so they need somewhat of a mini pre-season right now. The New Saints currently are three points ahead of Koniski at the moment, but obviously Koniski have a game in hand, and Koniski defeated the New Saints just before Christmas. And then we look at the bottom of the table, and it's really tight at the bottom of the table. Aberystwyth, Newtown, and then the Druids, 10 points, 11 points, 12 points. And you've even got Flint on 12. So tight at the top, tight at the bottom, and it's still a bit of a battle in the middle.
0: (laughs) That's exactly what we want to hear, a nice close competitive league. Well, Jordan, with March as the return date potentially being listed for the Camry Premier. Do you think the teams will have to face off against each other in a sort of mini-tournament, perhaps before they return, just to get back up to fitness?
2: Well, when Wales were applying for elite status, r- most recently they wanted elite status for their second tiers. So we could actually see a few more teams. So it, before their pre-season, it was just most Camry Premier teams were playing Camry Premier teams in pre-season. So hopefully the Cymru South gets elite status and the Cymru North gets elite status because then there's, it's just different teams then because obviously you're midway through a season. So you don't want any players getting injured because they're playing a pre-season, well, mid-season friendly against a team in your league because not that I'd accuse anyone, but what happens if a player gets injured because of a rough tackle and that helps their prospects if they're close in the league? Um, but yeah, I imagine there'll be a few games that will have to be played before the season can get up and running. I do know a few teams are training right now, but obviously you can't replicate a match day feeling in a training session, no matter how many training sessions you do.
0: Well, Richard, as someone who's covered the Camry Premier previously, uh, would you who would you head your bets on for potentially pushing on after this small break and getting really really Pushing themselves ahead at the top of the table.
1: It's a hard one to know in terms of who's going to come back, who's who's going to come back at, at, the, at the same sort of standard. Um, obviously, the likes of TNS and stuff have um, been been dominant in this leagues in this league for years. But there's, I, I think it, I think it really really depends on who, who comes back fittest, who comes back most ready and um wanting to to do well. Um, teams have lost players um that they've loaned and stuff as well so squads will have changed um and i think it'll just be interesting to see how the teams perform when they actually do return to match action again because as jordan said you can't replicate a a match in, in in a training session and it's been it's been so long as well since they last played the game
0: Well, we move on now from Habby West to Hollywood, where Wrexham's new star owners have attracted a lot of attention to the National League side in recent months. And our very own superstar Richard Early has everything you need to know about Dean Keats' Wrexham side and their current takeover.
1: It's just an an absolutely incredible story. Who would have thought Rob McElhinney and Ryan Reynolds would have uh, decided to take over Wrexham? But clearly there's uh, something there that's attracted them. They sort of scotted the whole of... Europe looking for a unique sort of football team that they could take over. And they decided on Wrexham as being one of the oldest um, football clubs in, in the world and really feel they can do something with it. Um, it was only the, it was only the, the other day, Rob McLenny tweeted um, about he, he, him and Ryan Reynolds gave um, some money to, to Wrexham. Um, because the takeover hasn't been fully completed yet, just so they can get some deals done in the transfer window. So they're de- they're definitely incredibly keen by the looks of things, and you know back back in the day, Wrexham were one hell of a team. So, well, in the in the next few seasons with the, with that sort of investment, could they get 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 up the leagues again? I think it'll just be a really interesting story to sort of keep hold of and every, everyone around Wrexham seems to seems to be buzzing from what I've seen. Um, I think it was the Wrexham chairman said, well, he, he joked to BBC Wales that he'd been uh, offered the role in a cowboy film um, by them, but I'm not sure that was 100% true. Um, But there's, there's just a huge buzz about Wrexham Football Club as well in the racecourse ground, which Wales have obviously played at. Um is a, is a great ground too, so there's just plenty to build on there in North Wales, and it'll just be really exciting to sort of keep an eye on. And before before the news was even announced that they were interested, Wrexham weren't doing too well in the league, but they've sort of picked up their form and they're doing a bit better. So I think it's a squad inspired at the moment, and it'll just be interesting to just 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 to track what sort of dealings they may make come come the end of uh, come the end of January.
0: Well, that's definitely one of the main talking points about Wrexham is just how much, how much of a good feeling there is around the club at the moment. And Jordan, one of the things that is certainly interesting from the outside looking in is just how far these two owners who potentially could take over the club before the end of February will take Wrexham. How how far could you see them getting getting up the leagues if the ownership does it right?
2: I mean, if you look at how hard it is to get out of. That league is not going to be plain sailing because Wrexham have been there for over a decade now. I believe it's 15 to 18 years. So it's going to be, you can throw all the money you can at trying to get out of the league, but it's never guaranteed success because some of these teams that have had a, a wealthy backer have still had to take ages to get out of their league. Um, their last league position, when they were in the Football League, was League Two, obviously. Um, but but there they would need to be a strong philosophy in place For Wrexham to be successful for years to come So once the takeover happens There needs to be a plan in place What kind of style of play do they want What's the emphasis on transfers Do they use their academy Because their academy has been successful for them Kept them afloat And now they don't need to rely on Selling academy players to keep afloat So that's the important thing for me. It all depends on what kind of philosophy that the board implements.
0: Well, thank you, Jordan. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for this week on the Mid-Season Matters podcast. A huge thank you to my esteemed colleagues for joining me on this review on Welsh football. That's all for now. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.